Friendship is magic and circles are hard. Welcome back to Girls Talk Comics. This is Erin, full of allergies today. This is Jessica, ut- lieutenant of literature, who is going to learn how to talk again soon, I promise. I feel like every time we come in, it's always some struggle with words <laughs> in our voices, and maybe we should look into warm-up exercises or something. Me, 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 me. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> there was one video I saw where the guy was like, trilling r's and just being like uh and i think about that a lot when i have early morning meetings and then i never do it you want to know what i think of whenever i think of voice exercises i think of uh liar liar when he's like trying to lie and he just does the jim carrey freak out thing and he ends up going like bad baby bad baby because for some reason that like really heavy b sound like sticks in my head so yeah that that's how my I brain think works of the marker is red or whatever that scene um <laughs> that that's what sticks with me from that movie i've had better is that because that, that's the thing that i uh that i always think of <laughs> i'm gonna watch this movie again after we're done recording i'm gonna watch liar liar just because i haven't <laughs> seen it in forever yeah yes. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today I mean, we could talk about Liar Liar, but it'd probably be really unfulfilling since our episode is supposed to be about Witch Hat Atelier. Ooh. Yeah. Do you remember that book? Like, I we do, just read it. Kind of. But, you know. I mean, I have vague memories of already recording this episode. It must have been a different timeline. Are we in an alternate universe? It must have been a different universe. I don't know. So much has happened in 2020. We could be. I wouldn't even be surprised if somebody was like, oh, turns out we slipped timelines. I'm like, oh, well, fuck us. Um, Just in case we did switch timelines, do you want to tell me a little bit about it so I know that we're on the same page? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the Witch Hat Atelier that I read, which is hopefully from the same universe that you read, is by Kamome Shirahama. And it is about a little girl named Coco who's going to go off and learn how to become a witch. And... Coco is absolutely the most precious character in the world. And the witches, the witching world here uh, is one of those very, like, I think it's a little better than Harry Potter because instead of it being you got crushed on your 11th birthday when you didn't get a letter, uh, it's much more like you could just learn how to do it. You did kind of have to be born into it, but you could just, I don't know, like, spy on a witch when they kindly ask you not to and accidentally (laughs) learn what it means for them to cast magic and then get really, really excited because it's your personal life dream to be a witch. You've been absolutely fascinated by it since you were five years old and this hooded masked witch handed you a book of spells and was like, oh, here you go, five-year-old child who's fascinated by magic. Take this book of spells and go off into the world. And because you're so excited, you don't ask any questions and you don't think about it because you're also five. And your mom is like, okay, sweetheart, that makes perfect sense. Sure, somebody gave you a book and it's a mm-hmm. festival, so they're probably like, oh, it's a book for kids, and it's totally not suspicious. But then you have this book still, and you're 11, and you learn what it really is to cast magic. And so you go and you try to copy the spells from the book. Cause it turns out magic in this world is actually super, super cool, and it's just mostly drawing circles and symbols and lines. And so when you find that out because you spied on the really nice witch master 
who just happened to be there to buy fabric from your family, uh, you copy some spells that actually turn out to be really hella evil and you turn your mom to stone. Oopsies. So, yeah. What kind that, of stone? That's kind of, kind of what like happened gems. in mine. Can't Either way. Kind of I, think, <laughs> I think it's like gems, which that's is way true. pimper. I mean, like, if I was going to fuck up, I'd rather, I'd rather it be like sparkles than concrete. That's all I'm saying, Erin. Also, it's just a for instance, right? Like, that's, this isn't what she actually does. I mean, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> it may or may not happen. It happened in my Witch Hat Atelier Volume 1 from my universe. <laughs> okay, it matches mine, too. I just wanted to make sure we were in the same uh, Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, note to us, we're in the same Witch Hat Atelier universe, at least. Yes. Kudos to that <laughs> uh gosh i mean this book has a lot of stuff in it coco after she does after she hypothetically has that run-in with the witches and turning her mom into sparkly concrete gems whatever you decide it is because it is in black and white and she does go off to start learning how to properly use magic you find out that this book that was handed to a toddler was i mean hints dramatic hints aside uh, it was an evil book, and um, Master Kifri, the witch master who found her, he takes her to be his student, teach her the ways of magic, and also with the agreed-upon ulterior motive, like Coco is a willing participant in this, that he and her will work together to try to find a way to bring her mom back. But they have to be pretty secretive about it because magics like that are really heckin' illegal in this universe. Like, they don't even use... Yeah. You find out later that they don't even use, like, healing magic in this universe because it's magic on someone's body. So... Right. She's but kind it's not of like everybody still knows already. that she did it. Like, everyone still knows that right. she did this thing. It's not like they're hiding it from everyone. Like, everyone knows that she's a big old fuck-up before she even comes in. And they're like, oh, okay, so we're just supposed to let you in? Right. Hello, Miss immediately practiced evil magic yeah sure come into the bosom of our fucking like sanctum and learn all of the tricks of our trade not like some people are not happy she's there <laughs> true uh yeah there are a lot of characters in this uh master kifri has collected an assortment of apprentices and he cares for them quite dutifully and they're all very talented in their own wonderful ways but one of them is a jerk butt and she <laughs> might be rightfully a jerk butt because again Coco was like hey what's up I'm gonna accidentally cast evil magic and then get full access to this magical world and this other person's like excuse you I study and I work really hard and um, I'm going to kind of haze and bully you which is less mm -hmm. than nice. I will I will shake my finger at those behaviors, but jokes on her. Coco wins the day. So ha. <laughs> Take that. Ha. <laughs> In your face. In your face. I don't know. Face. I like I think the characters right. I really like Coco a lot. I really do. And one of the reasons I like her a lot is she has this very Japanese sensibility to her wherein it takes a lot of hard work for her to succeed. There's no ex machina that just sort of fixes it for her. It, you know, it's very much a trial by error, 
and she doesn't get the perfect solution, at least in the first volume. She doesn't ever get the perfect solution, but she gets a good enough solution, and she's resourceful and very real feeling in this magical way, you know? Like, she does succeed a lot based on skills that she's developed in a different area of her life, working with her mom, but, like, that's all skill that she had to work for, and now she's applying it to this different thing, that she's working on as well. You know, there's a there's a couple of interesting things. I know you have the advantage on me because you read a lot more of these volumes. But there's a couple of interesting feels to the environment of the apprenticeship. Because first of all, they're all females. Like Master Kifri got himself a heart, like a little, a little bundle of female, like small <laughs> females. So there are he has the female four daughters since there. <laughs> yes. And and it is a very daughter feel to it. He he definitely feels like that. Um, like in Fruits Basket, there's the snake, but it's like the snake without the perviness. You know, it's a very much like mm-hmm. the kind of fool character, but like w- kind of combined with the master. So it's like he's very smart, but he's also very he's got a zest for life in a way. You know, like a zest for learning, a zest mm-hmm. for like yeah, let's try this new thing. I know what's gonna happen, but you don't. So let's learn together. You know, and and he's got yes he's just he's kind he's gentle and he's kind <laughs> yeah and he's got that pop-up feel to him which is like the, why i keep going back to the fool archetype for the manga because it's that constantly just appearing behind people and kind of being startling in that way mm-hmm. like i really enjoy that about him that's a kind of humor that really gets me and and this is a very young book but like I appreciate that kind of humor. <laughs> and it's not like poop jokes. So like <laughs> 10 out of 10 in that area. But yeah, no, it's not pervy at all. And it's really comforting, right. kind of. The entire time I was reading this, I was expecting that kind of um, grooming feeling from it because it is a grown man with four children who I think are somewhere between 10 and 13. Like they're preteens. But – you you don't really get it. It does become very like it. It is very teacher without any kind of perverse overtones. If you are somebody who is like a character has to be paired up with somebody, they do introduce in this volume at least one young male character of their same age who they become friends with or try to, and it's so it's very. Um, and and even in later volumes, I'll just kind of give it away. They do introduce male characters around the same age to at least give – it feeds into heteronormativity still. But even mm-hmm. then, there's no like romantic overtures or overtones to it. It just happens to be a peer person that if you want – if you're wanting to ship them in a straight relationship, which is weird because they're fucking children, there is like an equivalent aged boy they have now interacted with. And it's not going to be some weird teacher child thing because like, let's be real Mm. manga anime has a lot of that overtone. There's a lot of that that goes into it. But I also do like that whenever they interact with the boys of their age, it's just friendships. Yes, this is just so to sum all of that up. It is like age appropriate conversations about friendships. Yes. Relationships. And I love it. Oh, it's such a relief. (laughs) It is. And like, I feel I'm, I am not a good person to talk about shipping with because I'm 
a notoriously bad shipper. Like, I ship the wrong people all the time. I'm not bad. I was just drawn that way. And, um, listen, if there's a bad guy, I'm going to ship him with the female character. Like, if there's a bad chick, I'm going to ship her with the other female character. Like, I don't care. But I feel like a lot of literature is built to foster that feeling. Like, a lot of comics or manga, especially, is sort of, I don't know, they build the environment in which it kind of gives you that urge, right? Like, they they know about it, and they kind of leave room for, you know, like, the history of queer baiting. You have, like, ship baiting, too. I mean, like, I hate to keep going back to this, but the Kylo Ren arc in Star Wars mm. is an excellent example mm-hmm. of, like, they definitely left tension in there, kind of intentionally to get you hooked on it. And it was really nice reading this because there was none of that. Like, even me, who will ship at the drop of a dime, had no compulsion to do so. <laughs> so, like... I find it funny that this is our conversation book. topic, though. Why? <laughs> like, you and, I, you and I have read so much manga and watched so much anime that when we pick up something and we're like, oh my god, yes, there are no sexual overtones. What a freaking relief. <laughs> Like, that's the conversation uh, yeah, topic. no kidding. We're like, this is an age-appropriate book. Like, they are children and children. they are treated like children. Yes. And it's like – Exactly. What has the world <laughs> – like, we need to look at our media a little bit more seriously if this is what we're excited about when we pick up a manga and we're like, oh, my God, yes. Like, children treated as oh. children. Ah! No, what don't make me think about gift. that too much because it hurts <laughs> like, me. It hurts me when I think oh, okay. about that. <laughs> okay i'll keep oh. it i'll keep those thoughts to myself oh. it's okay oh, too late. when it's i fine. watch anime here with my housemate he and i are often just making fun of forced relationships and things and god it Fan if i could just record us <laughs> reacting to an anime i'm not going to because that would be like four hours of content of us just like occasionally coming in and be like have you been watching this now i've been playing phone games but like <laughs> it, it can be pretty great, pretty great. I'm not gonna it. lie, but I love um, that for you. That's <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though. That the lack of sexual overtones is not the reason that I like it. I mean, it's a reason I like it, but it's not the main reason I like it. When you were talking about Coco not having ex machina powers, like that was really great because I really oh, that loved that she actually had to work. Yeah, she actually had skill sets that they could work. Like, I was also expecting her to just be this projecting projection character, just kind of empty of skills and reactions and any motivation. But mm-hmm. they came on, and she actually is impacting others around her in really relatable. Like, I can't say relatable, but because her wonder and exuberance and her excitement about things is not something I relate to anymore. But it's still refreshing. <laughs> like, she is. consistent but learning from those around her and she is teaching them and she is being realistic and she's trying so hard and we get to see her trying so hard and instead of it just being you know her behind the scenes or between the episode skill development she actually it's very critical to her development as a character is her ability to learn how to do this um, and to do this well. And Aaron, I just can't stop thinking about you saying you don't relate to 
to her zest for life anymore. Like, are you okay? Do I need to send help? <laughs> oh, I'm totally okay. But okay, maybe yeah. I do relate to her zest of life because if somebody shows up with a puppy, like that is the biggest news in the world for me. When it's like, okay, you, you know, you like, I don't know how to explain it. Little things like that really make me excited. But I think it's, mm-hmm. I don't react to the news anymore. I get every time she's exposed to something new. I mean, like she's she's not experiencing a burnout for life yet. Nothing is familiar to her. Yeah. It's like her world literally was just the clothing shop in the little town in which she lived with her mother. And then, and like she never really left except to go to the big city for festivals. Um, so oh everything God, she Aaron, sees is new is to us and new to her. Journey. And she, yes. Aww. I didn't think of that before. You were just t- like farm boy goes to the big city, like farm boy saved saves the world. You were yeah. just explaining, f- and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's so yeah. true! This is so cute! I love it!" I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, no, I, that's a really good point. I wasn't gonna call it that because I wouldn't have thought of that. So thank you. Yeah, she's a hero's Aww. journey, but like through wonder and friendship and magic and being able to draw straight lines with on cloth with chalk, Aww. like not just straight lines. It gets really beautiful really circles. Great. That is impressive skill. Being able to draw perfect circles is really hella hard, and every time people do it, it feels like a magic trick. So, like that that hits real for me. <laughs> Boom! Premise of this manga, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Friendship is magic and circles are hard. Um. (laughs) What I really love about it, too, is when we were talking about the perfect circles and straight lines, uh, when they hand her, you know, chalk, she's like, heck yeah, I got chalk. Chalk is the best. But when they hand her a pin, she's like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) She's like, I don't understand how this tool works. I don't understand how to do a thing. And, like, everything is so misshapen. Um, But... Even with that, the the other girls in her little atelier, like, are they get so supportive of her and they work so well together. And the other volumes just get more and more precious and um, really opens up the other characters more. And I oh, like I don't know how this could get I more just, precious. I just don't understand. Yeah. I got far really, enough along that like, it started to get me. insidious. Like, it got... it. You know, their treachery started to show it up in oh. the later volumes. And let's just say, you know, it's one of those stories where children are going to save the world and adults just are, are evil. Yeah, they just there are a lot of other I mean, when the adults in this world, there come the typical issues that we all feel where uh, there are power structures and go like manipulative goals and conflicting interests and, you know, responsibilities and rules. And they maybe rightfully so, because there is a dark history to this world, but they get so caught up in protecting and maintaining status quo. And that's a complicated thing, I think, for anybody involved. I don't want to deep dive into that, that conversation right now, but it does start the girls start interacting with it in some of the later volumes that are out now. And you know what that means? It means the hero's journey is ramping up. We're getting more and more powerful bosses. Yeah. They have to outsmart more and more powerful witches. 
I love thinking about it in those yeah. terms. And I also love the the first time I saw the big bad, I thought, oh, this looks very familiar, a la Inuyasha. Like, when we see this person's face, they're going to be beautiful and it's going to be terrible. And I love the idea that that person, as an agent of chaos, is maybe actually doing something that is needed. I love that. I love that inversion. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to read this whole series now. Um, because that's yeah. what this, I mean, like, that's what they were implying in the first volume, even. Like, I'm not, this is, I haven't read anything else, but this is, like, implied in the first volume. Because he actively, or she, whoever the bad guy is, actively is like, you're who can save us. So, like, by, <laughs> like, that right? agent of chaos situation is one of my favorite things. Because I, I like gray morality tales. And I like heroes' journeys done in interesting ways. And I like friendship is magic. And the idea that I can get all of those things in one is is really exciting. You're going to love this, then. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yay! To kind of expand on that, it's not even really like friendship is magic in this. It's like wonder is magic and art yeah. is magic, but friendship will save the day. <laughs> like teamwork will save yeah. the day. Like, and that's well, and, um, and being good. The system they built, the system good. is just so intricate already. Like, and they give you that behind the scenes information, like what the symbols mean. So you know they're going to be internally consistent with that. So, like, I know there's a whole generation of weebs out there right now who are out there drawing circles with chalk with, like, the squiggly lines for air and shit. You know, like, oh, God, I love it. Probably. Honestly, I would have – I think the equivalent when I was younger was Gallifreyan from Doctor Who where people yes, were trying to learn how to write and understand that. And yes. I think I would have preferred these these sigils mm-hmm. more than I wanted the oh, Gallifreyan because yeah because absolutely. this is just cute and it ties in I've seen I couldn't tell you the names right now but like it's very similar interpretations to magic that I've been exposed to before so it's not like a huge mm-hmm. leap to follow and buy into it I don't yeah know. it's just cute as heck it is so is there a, man- a manga for it yet oh for the like all the sigils and stuff no a, ma- a manga I mean Shit, sorry. An anime for it yet? Oh, I was like, yes, there's a manga. We're reading it. <laughs> uh, I don't think... Yeah, no, my bad. So, I haven't seen anything. I didn't really... Like, nothing really came up about that. Um, I think it would be really, really nice. Really, really cute if there was one. But it's definitely one that I wish um, would get a lot of money. You know? Yeah. Little yeah, Witch was... Academia is pretty close. Yeah. Um... And I know in an alternate universe, I said Soul Eater kind of reminded me of it. I mean, like a little bit older age range, but mm-hmm. kind of a similar sort of magical feel to it. It's hard to tell sometimes because there are so many different, like the studios all have different methods. But this is kind of a magical feel to this world. Like the world background itself is so fantastic, you know? And. I really like the idea of a, I like crisp lines and stuff, so I wouldn't be mad if the people who did One Punch Man did it, but I would really like the people in the studio who did March Comes In Like a Lion to do that because they had a very kind of emotional style 
where they would do expansive things with, I mean, like it was a normal city, but like the, the way that they handled the character's mental health sometimes lent itself mm-hmm. to like fantastic head images where, you know, like he was making journeys to the top of a mountain in his head, you know? So like, right. so I think that style would really translate to the floating mountains scene really well. Does that make sense? Because there's a lot of fantastical things in the background. So I think that kind of sketchier feel would be better than maybe the crisp line work of like a One Punch Man studio situation. Like, I I would like that because it's a more fantasy, you know, like I know this is kind of action-y too, but Mm -hmm. I would like that more classic feel to it than like the, the fully CG. You know what I mean? Have you watched Mob Psycho 100? No, I've. I've kind of, it's been on my radar for a bit, but I haven't. When you're talking about anime studios, Bones, who did Oran High School Host Club, they did Full Metal Alchemist, they did Soul Eater, um, they did Mob Psycho 100. I think they would be really good at it because even though this is a very lighthearted emotive series, they do, there is something about like the hair, the clothing and the environments that I feel like need a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And that is the kind of art style I think of whenever I think of how would I like to see this in an anime is something that can give the full experience to it. Cause I swear to God, if this is adapted to an, ima- to an, an anime, hmm, anime, if it's still framed <laughs> and it's one of those like, <laughs> Here's a still frame, and we're just going to move the camera along it. I'm going to be just so disappointed versus giving it kind of a more fluid, actual motion art style to it. So I I definitely want it to be done by someplace who either has the budget or the skill set to really make it fluid, you know, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does. And lighthearted still. So, so yeah, anyway. I I'm really glad that you made me read this, and you you're about to foster a whole lot of money going out of my pocket, but that's fine. It's not the first time. <laughs> here to help you out. I'm just here to ruin everybody's day by asking them to spend more money on products and stuff. I'm here once again Retail asking life, you for baby. Oh, wait. <laughs> once again asking you for money. Isn't that the meme? <laughs> um, too soon. Uh, politics. Anyway, guess we should thank the people. Yes, thank hey, the people. listeners. Hello, listeners. Thank we're, you. We're here. You're here. Thank you. It's really <laughs> great. You should follow we, us on Twitter or Facebook, lo- but mostly Twitter because that's where I spend my time. Yeah. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, that's where the strangers collect. And maybe, like, if you like us, buy us a coffee or a comic or a comic. Goodness well. gracious, yes. Oh my god, we should change <laughs> the thing to that. Fucking this is why genius. we're a good team. One of us has the ideas. It's usually one of us. <laughs> like it, it bounces back and forth on who has what. So, <laughs> all right, thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>